updates on the Ahmad Arbery case. A Chatham County man faces charges for holding a couple at gunpoint, and Lowcountry first responders head to Louisiana to help with the recovery efforts after Hurricane Ida. That's in this week's WTOC Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and Lowcountry. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. The former Brunswick District Attorney originally presiding over the case of Ahmaud Arbery's death is now facing charges she hindered that investigation. Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr announced Thursday former DA Jackie Johnson has been indicted on charges of violation of oath of public officer and obstruction of a police officer. According to the indictment, Johnson, quote, violated the above provision of her oath of district attorney by showing favor and affection to Greg McMichael during the investigation into the shooting death of Ahmaud Arbery, end quote. The indictment also states Johnson hindered two Glenn County Police Department officers by directing that Travis McMichael was not placed under arrest on the day Arbery was shot and killed. Violation of oath of public officer is a felony that carries a sentence of one to five years. Obstruction in hindering a law enforcement officer is a misdemeanor that carries up to 12 months. Attorney General Carr says the GBI assisted with the investigation, which is still ongoing. You can read the full indictment at our website, WTOC.com. That link can be found in the description of this podcast episode. That news comes just days after the judge ruled defense attorneys for the three men charged with killing Arbery last year in Brunswick won't be allowed to present evidence of Arbery's past legal problems. WTOC investigative reporter Jessica Savage dove through what that ruling means and why it was made Wednesday on The News. In his ruling on Monday, Superior Court Judge... Superior Court Judge Timothy Wamsley said, quote, the issue for the jury is whether the defendants committed the crimes alleged in the indictment or whether the defendants were engaged in a lawful citizen's arrest. He went on to say that the evidence about Arbery's past would confuse jurors about which relevant acts to consider in the murder case. The ruling settles a request by defense attorneys. They argued in court back in May the jury should be allowed to hear about Arbery's past encounters with law enforcement because it explains his mindset. Part of the evidence the defense wanted in front of a jury includes two arrests. Testimony from a school police chief who described the arrest of Arbery in 2013 after he carried a gun onto campus during a school basketball game. In testimony from law enforcement about Arbery's arrest in 2017 on charges that he tried to steal a TV from a Walmart store. Also, body camera footage from that same year that shows Arbery's interactions with law enforcement as they questioned him in a secluded area of a park. Prosecutors argue that none of that is relevant to what happened on the day Arbery was killed. They pointed out that Arbery was unarmed, nothing was stolen from the home construction site where he was first spotted in the neighborhood, and that he was out for a jog. The judge in his decision on Monday stated that, quote, generally the character of a victim is neither relevant nor admissible in a murder trial, and he cited other cases. Another update in the case. Key testimony is expected soon from the man who owned the home that was under construction in Satilla Shores. Homeowner Larry English provided this surveillance video to WTOC Investigates that was taken on the day Arbery was killed. You can see Arbery walk around the construction site and then he leaves. English is expected to provide sworn testimony this month ahead of the trial because of his fragile health condition. Well, defense attorneys have also asked the judge to allow evidence that shows Arbery suffered from a mental illness. The judge has not yet ruled on that request. Jury selection in that trial is scheduled to begin October 18th. 
A man and his pregnant girlfriend say they are still shaken after police say a man held them at gunpoint on a private road and wouldn't let them leave. A Chatham County police report says Charles Barry claims he saw Derek Green and Savannah Dodson speeding on private property. Barry told police he's the president of the private community there. The report continues, saying Barry confronted Green and Dodson because he didn't recognize them or their car. Green says he was dropping off his girlfriend's brother. The report says as Green tried to leave the area, Barry blocked him in with his truck. That's when Green says he called police. After letting another vehicle pass his truck, the report says Barry took out his gun and pointed it at Green. The report says Barry denied confronting Green with a gun. While speaking with Barry, the officer could smell alcohol. He states Barry leaned against his vehicle to keep his balance and Barry was arrested. He's facing charges of pointing a gun at another person, false imprisonment, DUI less safe, simple assault, and possession of a firearm in commission of a crime. WTOC has confirmed Barry was released from the Chatham County Jail on August 27th. Green tells WTOC he was afraid he was going to lose his life. I don't want to be the next Ahmaud Aubrey. I have a family. I have a two-year-old. I have a child on the way. I didn't know what to do. I felt like it was either defend myself and spend my life in prison or I was not going to make it out of that situation. Green says he's reaching out to therapists to help him deal with what happened. Hurricane Ida left many Louisiana communities battered after making landfall on Sunday. That's why four Lowcountry first responders made their way to the state to lend a hand. Here's Tyler Mannion's report from Monday, August 30th. Ida raging through, bringing flooding and power outages to Louisiana streets. To help, the Bluffton Fire Department sent four men this morning. One of them, Derek Franks, is intimately familiar with helping this area of our country. 16 years ago, uh, yesterday, I was in uh, for Katrina. He's ready for similar scenes this time around. I'm expecting a lot of the same kind of damage, just massive amounts of flooding. Frank says they train four or five times a year for these situations. When you have an incident like this where you have storm surge, you have you know rain uh, backing up and just the floodwaters, this is what we, we train for. When times are as dire as Franks expects, he says he wants to help in ways large or small. We want to be able to make the biggest difference as we can, um, and whatever that may be, you know, whether that's actually rescuing people uh, with the boats or even just giving somebody a bottle of water. Franks is one of 20 members of South Carolina Task Force 1 that were sent on the road to Baton Rouge at 6 a.m. this morning ready to assist in any way they can. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.